Hey, this is Atkins Sestamon from High Town on Stars, and I'm sitting here with Elias, and you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Atkins, welcome to the cave. Hey, thank you for having me, Elias. How are you, man? What's new with you? Uh, you know, uh, trying to not lose my mind during this uh, sheltering in place and just uh, trying to stay busy and um, keep positive. Yeah, how are you dealing with that? What have you been doing? Um, I picked the guitar back up, um, started, uh, you know, trying to learn some new songs, um, remembering some old songs that I forgot. Um, I have a one-year-old, so that so you're busy. a lot of the yeah. day. Oh yeah. 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 I am in full on dad mode right now. So, <laughs> but, uh, it's going good. Yeah. So you've been busy the last few years. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, I saw online that you play music, you know, you've done a few, uh, roles on TV shows like, uh, the resident lodge mm-hmm. 49, you had a role in dumb and dumber yep. two, And, you know, and we'll talk about a few of those. Uh, and then you got the new show that's coming out on stars called high town. But I want the listeners to get yeah. to know a little bit more about you. Where are you originally from? Actually, I'm originally from um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was born there. My parents are actually from Haiti, both my mom and my dad. But I was born in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, how was it uh, growing up there? You know, I really loved Florida. Um, it was awesome being close to the beach. That's something that I really miss. I mean... We moved up to Atlanta back in 97, and um, I love Atlanta, and I, I now I'm like, this is home, but that's one thing that I've never, that, that's a void that's never been filled is being able to go to the beach kind of just whenever you want, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, still, you know, my I have a lot of family there. My grandfather's there, um, and also there's just like a lot of nostalgia. Like every time I go back, it just, it just hits me. But I, I, it was a great place growing up for the time that we were there. How old were you when you moved to Atlanta? Um, I started the fifth grade here, okay. so I'm not sure how old that is. But um, yeah, well, this was I started the fifth grade here. Uh, so growing up in a kid in Atlanta, like what were you into? What did you enjoy doing? Oh, man, I was um, I was into all kinds of stuff, you know. But the stuff the kids do, hanging out. Um, I was in a band, like I said, you know, I play music in high school. I, I joined a band with some friends, um, but, you know, pretty normal stuff, going to movies, um, killing. I wasn't too much of a, I, I would say a good kid. I mean, I got into the, I think, the trouble that any normal kid gets into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> So like yeah yeah. <laughs> so, so like growing up, did you know you wanted to get into the acting world? Well, um, actually, uh, when I was younger, um, I went to the I was in a boys and girls club. Me and my brother were both in a boys and girls club, and he's a little bit older, about two years older than I was. And or excuse me, I am. And um, there was a performing arts center called uh, Lovewell, and. Um, it was a part of the boys and girls club and my brother was a part of it. And I would go watch him do shows 
And I was like, I want to do that, you know, and that was kind of the first experience I had with like, you know, acting like that. I mean, we take field trips to go see, you know, plays and stuff like that. And even then I started kind of feeling like, oh, this is really cool. And, you know, like there was like a bit of magic in that world. You know, when you go into the theater for the first time as a kid and they're doing things on stage that you've never seen done before, you know, it is kind of like entering. It's like a little bit of the magic that's still left in the world. And um, so my brother actually was a big influence watching him perform. And um, I actually tried to get into the program when I was a kid, but I was super shy. And they had me come in to, you know, come in audition. And I totally froze up. I like literally they were like, what's your name? And I was like, "Mm," you know, like not even not even enough to say my name. So they were like, "Um, all right, well you know, kind of good, good seeing you and we'll, you know, see you later. And I, I didn't, and I knew I'd do it in that moment, but, um, I always was like, you know, the next time I get a chance to do this, I'm going to do it. And, you know, when my brother, my brother kept acting when he went to high school, he was in theater and that kind of was the next opportunity I had. And I jumped on it and I was in theater all four years, you know, was part of the thespian society in high school. So, um, I'd say from a pretty early age, I knew I wanted to act, but, I wasn't all, wasn't 100% sure that it was going to be my career until later on in life. Mm. So when you, go, yeah. when you when you got older, how did you uh did you start taking like acting lessons? How did that go? Yeah, I was um I was actually working at the Transit Authority here in Atlanta and um I had been playing in a band initially. I thought that the band was going to be my career and I realized I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> and so I kind of <laughs> let that dream go. But um, I was working. I had a lot of friends who were still acting. A lot of friends who were still in theater and, and, you know, doing theater in town locally. And I'd go see their shows. And it just so happened that in Atlanta, you know, the industry started to really pick up and boom. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was like, ah, wow. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm in this place. I have, you know, a lot of, I'm already kind of already in this world, you know, via some friends. I was like, I think I'm going to give this a shot. And I actually got laid off from my job, like, randomly. And um, and initially, I was kind of upset about it. But then I was like, you know, this is actually probably a great opportunity for me to really throw myself fully into acting. So I got a nice little severance package, and I took that, and I started taking classes and, you know, doing improv and going to um, uh, different workshops and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I was able to get myself a good agent in town and, you know, kind of... One thing rolled into another, and you know some opportunities started piling up, and I tried to make the best of it. Mm. How would you describe like your experiences in the acting classes? Um, it was it was a little different, you know. Starting off, um, starting in theater or starting on the stage, you know, there's a little difference between the stage and acting for the screen. I mean, acting is acting, but there are differences. And coming from having a theater background, it was a little different doing on-camera classes. You know, there was a bit of an adjustment there. Um, you know, on the stage, you have to use your whole body, your whole instrument. You got to project and use your voice. And when you're on camera, it's like that's not really great. Like, you know, being super loud and very big in your movement doesn't really translate well on camera. So that was something that I kind of had to overcome and kind of learn uh, those skill sets for film and TV, but I really loved it. Like as soon as I got into classes, it kind of reassured me. I was like, all right, I'm on the right path here. 
And I, you know, it, it helped me create a community here. Like there are a lot of actors in town who, you know, I'm really great friends with and you kind of bond all being in the same kind of struggle, you know, striving for the same goals. So, um, I enjoyed, I mean, I still try to, I mean, you know, I feel, I'm not definitely in a place to say that I, I'm, I've reached the peak of acting and I don't need to take classes anymore. Yeah. So if I see a workshop or a class or something that's, you know, still really appeals to me or they're, you know, working on a technique or something that I'm not familiar with, then I'll try to get in on it. You know, do you have like a favorite memory? Like, like a favorite, like a, a favorite experience that's happened to you in acting class that always like sticks with you a moment. Uh, I, um, I had a, a really great, um, workshop where, with this guy, Sam Christensen, who was a, uh, a casting director out in LA for a long time. And, and it was a, it was an essence workshop where it kind of works on kind of seeing how people view you and, uh, because that's a big thing, you know, going into when you're an actor, you're kind of constantly selling yourself and you're, you're, you are your brand in a way. And it's kind of important to understand how people see you and to kind of really break away from the, the ideas that you've kind of built up about yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, so this class or this workshop really worked on that. And it was kind of crazy because those, you know, doing things or doing these exercises that really were kind of just blowing me away and like, completely changed how I thought people saw me. You know, I had a going in, I very much had an idea of what people thought about me. And then I went through the class and I finished and I was like, wow, I was really wrong, you know, but knowing that really helped me going into, you know, read for other roles or going into the casting directors and understand what the energy is I'm putting out. So mm. that, uh, that workshop was a, a huge turning point for me. I mentioned earlier, you know, you've done a few, you've had a few roles in a various TV shows. What's been your favorite? Oh, um, man, you know, uh, Lodge 49 was a real special project. I've had a lot. I've been very fortunate in my career to be a part of some really cool projects. And, and especially this new show, um, High Town, I'm super excited about. But Lodge has a special place in my heart. I just, the story, the, the, the actors, the, the cast, the crew, everything that they put together on that project. Um, getting to work with, you know, Ryan, Ryan Russell and Tony Cassidy and Dave Pasquazi and, you know, so many great, talented people. And outside of being actors, they were just awesome human beings. Yeah. Um, and that character, like the moment I read um, the breakdown for him, and I got the size. I was just in love with him, you know. And um, there was just something really special about the show. And unfortunately, you know, they didn't get to continue on with that story. But uh, for a lot of people, you know, I still have a lot of people reaching out to me and telling me how much the show meant to them and how much it still means to them. And um, I think it was just a real special project. Yeah. And you had you had your first film debut in Dumb and Dumber too with uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. Mm -hmm. How was it being? part of something like that that was surreal um i had been watching the original movie since i was a little kid you know yeah and and not just the movie but just watching um jeff daniels and jim carrey since i was a little kid so um initially when i did the audition it was you know for uh so with the breakdown it was like a canadian uh undercover agent and i was like ah and I hadn't booked a film role before that. 
So going in, I'm like, well, I don't know, but, you know, I'm going to, you know, give it the old college try. And, I mean, obviously, if I got this, it would be awesome because it's, you know, Dumb and Dumb, the sequel to Dumb and Dumber 2. And um, I did it, and I never heard anything back for a long time, you know, as what happens with many auditions. Yeah. But um, And then they called me, and they told me I got it. And I was just like, are you kidding? And it was like my agent, the office called me, and it was like everybody in the office was on the line because they were just so excited because they knew that this was my first, you know, first big film booking and also that it was this film. And I was just like, I, I was like speechless. I was blown away. I, you know, somewhere in my mind, I, I probably thought was like, there's no way this is going to happen, but it did. And, um, we had, I, I had to work three days altogether. The first day was, um, or, yeah, I think it was three days. But then before that they had like, you know, they had us come in for a fitting or whatever. And I met the Fairley brothers that day, which was, just like oh gosh like I, I was like that was cool enough but then when the the days that I actually had to work with Jim and Jeff um, Jim Carrey came up and he introduced himself and that was like I mean obviously everybody on that set knows who he is yeah. but he actually you know he called me and he came and he was like hey my name is Jim <laughs> you know and I was like hey I'm back it's nice to meet you but just the fact that he took the time to come and say, hey, was just like meant the world to me, you know? And it's like, here's this guy who's like a hero to me, you know, and he's coming and he's talking to me. And it was like very much having to walk the line of I'm here as a professional trying to work, but I'm also like a super fanboy of what's happening right now, you know? So, um, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy situation. I've had past guests on that have worked with Jim and they say like, you know, like he's just like a normal guy when you're sitting there talking to him and working with him. He's like he doesn't think like he's better than mm-hmm. you or anything like that. He's just like down to earth. No, no, yeah. I mean, like I said, just in the fact that he came to say hello, you know, and yeah. I, I did have a chance to speak with him while we we're on set. Now, when he's working, he's—I mean—he's brilliant, but also you have to be on your toes because he's doing something different almost every take, yeah. you know. And if you're not ready, you know, he's going to make you break or something like that. You have to be very prepared for what he's going to do because you never know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, having a conversation with him, just like a really great person, very nice, very kind. And, you know, for me, as this being my first time on a major set, it was like I couldn't have asked for a better experience, you know. Right. And um, I actually had a moment. Um, we were on we were on a break in between shooting, and um, Jeff Daniels was on set at that time as well. And he had this little uh, travel guitar with him. And um, I was like, you know, I had, I had spoken with Jim, and I had a moment with him, but I hadn't said anything to Jeff yet. So I was like, uh, you know, we're kind of sitting there, and I was like, man, I'm going to go say something else. So I walked over, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he just looks up to me, and he goes, do you play? And I don't know if he didn't hear what I said or if he just was like, if he thought I was asking about the guitar or, or I don't know what happened, but I was like, yeah. So then he hands me the guitar and I swear in that moment, I couldn't remember a single thing I had ever known about a guitar. Like I was just like, my mind was just, it just flew out of my head. I don't know if it was just like being nervous or what, but I'm sitting there and he's looking at me like, uh, do you know how to play the guitar? You know, but slowly but surely it all comes back. And, um, I start playing and he starts talking to me about it. And that was also like a cool little moment that I had with him then. And it was, it just added to the overall experience being so well. And then also just getting to be a part of that world, you know, it is uh, very much a kind of full circle kind of thing. Mm. So I, I, it was, uh, 
I couldn't have asked for a better first film to be on. Right. So now, uh, you know, now you have a new show coming out on Stars called High uh, High Town, mm-hmm. which is going to premiere in May. Yeah. For the listeners, uh, really quick, tell us what the show's about. Yeah. So the show uh, it takes place in um, Cape Cod, and uh, it follows this woman, um, Jackie Quinone, played by Monica Raymond. And essentially, she's kind of this hard partying uh, marine fisheries officer, kind of like I, I guess you'd be like a fishing game or fish and wildlife officer. And um, she lives in um, Provincetown, and uh, this whole thing gets kicked off when um, there's a murder and she finds the body. And it's kind of like her journey through sobriety. And I think that uh, finding that body is kind of the catalyst to that moment. And um, this investigation kind of pulls all of these different people together that are, you know, attached into this world. And it's a really, really cool show, man. I'm super excited about this project, and uh, I'm really, uh, really hyped about it coming out. How did you, uh, how did you hear about this project? How did you get involved with it? You know, I was, I was actually, um, I was getting ready to start season two of Watch Forty Nine, and um, a little while before that, I had an audition for it. I actually, had an audition, um, a couple of auditions for it, but then. Um, the audition for this role of Cito came up and, you know, it, in the breakdown, it was like uh hitman, you know, you know, just a really bad dude. And I had never, ever booked a role like that. So, I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten plenty of auditions like that, but I've never booked a role that was uh, a quote unquote, uh, a bad guy, antagonist, villain, what have you. And, um, so initially, when I was looking at it, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is going to be one for me, <laughs> you know. But like I said, you know, anything I get, I'm going to give it my all. And, you know, I did the work and um, I sent it off and I kind of just forgot about it. You know, I mean, I was just, you know, you get a lot of auditions and you kind of just send them off and, you know, move on to the next thing. Yeah. And um, so I'm getting ready. And this was a while ago. So I, I had assumed that it, it wasn't, you know, they had. It just was another one of those ones that kind of, you know, went away. And as we're getting ready to start season two, my agents are like, hey, you know, um, before, you know, you guys really get into things and you start signing contracts and stuff, just so you know, the high town thing is in place. So you might want to kind of hold off on that. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, I, I thought that that was not a thing anymore. And then um, eventually they, uh, they come back and they're like, oh, they want to fly you out to test. So, I went out to L.A. and I tested. And a few days later, they called me and they told me I got the role. So, um, so yeah, initially it was just, you know, an audition for my ages um, out in New York. And it, you know, over the course of time, just kind of turned into this thing that uh, it was kind of a surprise to me, honestly. I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure when I sent off that audition that that was going to be my role. But uh, here we are. <laughs> so... You play Osito, right? How would you describe his character? Mm-hmm. How would you describe him? Osito is, uh, he's a hitman, and he's working for uh, this guy, um, Frankie Cuevas, who's played by Mario Malasso, who's uh, fantastic. And um, essentially, I'm his kind of like his cleanup guy. You know, when somebody needs to disappear, I'm the guy that's making them disappear. And, um, but he's not just like, uh, the thing that I really like about him is he's it's deeper than just being your typical gangster, you know? Um, 
there's there's heart to him, and he's not just uh, a psychopath. I don't think he takes any joy in in killing. I think it's for him is just a job, yeah. you know. And he approaches it very much in that way, like you know, just like anyone else. Like, yeah, if you're a if you're a doctor, you go into work and you see some patients. You know, for him, he clocks in and he might have to shoot somebody that day. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I think that it's just that for him. Like, he's not he doesn't he doesn't, it's not personal for him. It's just a job. Mm-hmm. But um, there is something deeper to him, and there is some some heart there, and you you find that out throughout the course of the show. So what do you think was the biggest challenge like you encountered, like connecting with the character? I mean, man, it's, you know, uh, like I said, I hadn't really had, um, I mean, just off the, just to start, this is one of the biggest roles I've had. And, but also this is definitely a, a big departure from, you know, the stuff I'd normally done, which, you know, either comedies or just kind of normal characters in a way. So this was, uh, approaching this was a little bit different, but um, through reading the pages and, and, and understanding him, I, I, I realized I had to come from just a place of being grounded and, and being a, a person, you know, mm-hmm. to start with. And so finding that wasn't necessarily a hard part, but it was getting into the darkness of him and what he has to do. That was really tough. And, and trying to make that, real and and not make that a character you know trying to keep it honest and real and be like he's the dude who kills but not make it just like oh he's just like this this sort of uh, a monster that's just there you know making it be like this is a real person too you know so so but um but there's some moments and some scenes where i'm like i had to kind of take a step back and be like this is heavy you know yeah so but uh yeah it's a real testament to the writing and uh, how just really exciting of a show this is. So this takes place at the Cape. Where was it filmed? It was filmed, uh, a lot of it was filmed in New York, actually. Okay. So I was up in New York for about four months working. And we did a lot of stuff out in um, in Long Island, um, around Bayville. And they actually did have a couple days in Cape Cod and actually in Provincetown. But um, I actually didn't have any days myself there. But there was a day, like I want to say a, a, maybe a week or so, that they were actually shooting in location there. But for the most part, it was either, you know, in Long Island or, or stages in Brooklyn. How many episodes were filmed? Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. I, I usually ask, you know, my guests, like, uh, what's like your favorite scene that you were in and everything, but obviously we probably can't talk about that because you don't want to spoil the show, but what episode do you think is your favorite that you were in that you want the listeners to pay attention to? Oh, that is a good one. Um, there's a lot of good ones. I would have to say that episode seven is a really good one. Um, um, that was also, uh, one of the more challenging ones for me, but it's, it's one that I think is, is um, you, you get to see a lot of, of dynamic moments with him. Mm. So, yeah, I would be on the lookout for that one. All right. So, uh, you know, you've been acting for a few years now. Like, who, who would you say are, like, some of your influences in the acting world? Is there anybody you look up to? Oh, man, yeah. Um, I love uh, Jack Black. I'm a huge fan of Jack Black. Um, I force Whitaker. Um Denzel, Will, Kate Blanchett, 
Um, I, I got a lot of different. I'm I, I'm a I'm very much a fan of you know films and and TV and stuff like that. So I mean, long before I started, so there's a lot of different types of projects that I watch and a lot of different people who inspire me and I draw things from. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, some of those people just name a few. I mean, you know, Meryl Streep, uh, Viola Davis. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I could go on. There's many, many people who I, I watch their stuff, and I'm just like, either it's like it pushes me, like I'm like, oh, man, I got to set my game up, or I'm just like just like studying and learning from them, you know? Yeah. So on your down on your downtime, what are some of the shows you're catching up with in movies? Um, I recently went through the last, uh, the, the most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Which, oh, I love that. Uh, I thought it was just, uh, I, I thought it was like Larry David. I mean, obviously he's brilliant, but the whole Spike Store thing, like I was just like, this is hilarious. Like that's a show that I was like, God, I wish I could be on that. You know, <laughs> just the smallest role, I would be totally cool with being on that show. Um, I recently uh, finished The Outsider, which I thought was awesome. Um, uh, like if I just have something on in the background, like just kind of not really, uh, or like, you know, something I'm not have to be super focused on. I like to watch nailed it. My wife's a big fan of that show. Um, uh, there's a lot of different, uh, I mean, there's so much great TV and, and, and stuff oh, yeah. out right now to watch. And obviously there's plenty of time to catch up on it, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you see yourself 10, 20 years from now? Ooh. 10, 20 years from now, hopefully still working. Um, uh, 10, 20 years from now, um, man, I'd love to have a career like somebody like uh, Jim Carrey, you know, being able to do some comedy that the kind of comedy that people think about over the years that somebody can like be like, oh man, for 20 years I've been watching that movie, you know, but also be able to like, slam dunk some real meaningful drama as well you know the stuff that really talks to people and um really tugs on their their heartstrings you know the stuff that the stories that people can really relate with and mean something to them so if i could have you know a career like that where i can make people laugh and i mean that's the whole thing i love about watching movies and tv you know you you see something you see a story play out and the emotion that it can bring to you, you know, mm. either you're going to be happy, you're going to be sad, you know, the, and you can draw from your own experiences, just something that means something. If it means it's going to make you laugh, if it means it's going to make you cry, if it means it's going to make you think about something, um, having a career that can bring all of those things to people for a very long time, I, I think I'd be very fortunate to, to have something like that. And yeah, that's what I would shoot for. That's awesome. Do you have any other, uh, any other projects that are coming out this year? Um, right now, Hightown is kind of my main focus, and yeah. I'm just like uh, waiting to jump on the next thing and you know uh, get back out there and um, keep making the work. Yeah, hopefully things will start picking up soon. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a weird time for actors right now. Like, I know a lot of people who are in some um, – uh, some tough situations, you know, because, you know, by nature of our business, you kind of have to be around people, you know? Right. So um, 
I have a lot of friends who are in some tough spots, and I know that all over in the industry, a lot of people are kind of like, you know, looking like, you know. And then also because a lot of actors also work in the service industry because, you know, not every actor has the is fortunate enough to only act, you know. So I know a lot of people who are getting squeezed on both sides, and it's mm. kind of tough right now, but um, I feel very confident that, you know, and, and really I'm just trying to stay positive and be like hopefully, you know, things will kind of maybe not get completely back to normal, but into a place where productions can kind of get back going. And that's another thing. It's not just actors. You know, it's, it's people in crews who are also um, – feeling the effects. I mean, the entire industry is that's in right. a bad way right now. Right. And I mean, and it's not the only one. I mean, I just say actors. I know everybody. There's a lot yeah. of people who are in tough situations. But so, just to bring it into that, you know, so yeah. we can um, get back to work. So, Atkins, how can the, the the fans and the listeners find you on social media? Okay, well, I'm on Instagram at Atkins Esteban and also on Twitter at Atkins Esteban. So right. you can keep up with me on uh, both of those. And um, I, post, uh, I try to keep it very interesting, but a lot of it is my daughter. So, <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, but she's pretty good. I got two yeah, kids. Yeah. I got two kids. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I didn't realize. Like, after I had my daughter, I was just like, oh, so this is your Instagram now. I'm just I'm just running it, you know? Kids, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this was fun. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, man. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.